0: Good morning, everybody. Today, Hashem, we'll be learning that uh, Tzadikim HaZachim B'v'kama. We had a gap, and I'm starting late, so we're starting in the Mishnah at the bottom of Tzadikim HaNadalaf. This Mishnah is going to talk about the concept of boshes. Okay, so we get into boshes. It doesn't say that it's talking about boshes right off the bat, but that's what's going on. HaTokeh chavero. That's the beginning of that Mishnah. What does tokeh mean? Well, Tokea sounds like one of two things. Either, let's see, the first Rashi in the Mishnah. He kawal ozno loshon mori. Rashi quotes his moreh, his teacher. He hits him on his ear. Well, kind of a flick of the ear, right? Um, like a embarrassing flick of the ear. This is not nezek. This is like uh, wet willy. I don't know if you're, I don't know what time, you, when you grew up with this, Barry. But the point is that it's like a derogatory kind of kind of action that's making somebody else embarrassed. Or Rashi says, <laughs> You blow a chauffeur into his ear, right? So not to the point where it, tokea, like tekiah, right? Not to the point where it like injures the person, but, right, it, it, he's, the article calls it boxing the ear of his fellow. Anyway, he's doing something that's embarrassing to him. It says, the Mishnah noten los selah. So that is something that you have to pay him for. You have to pay him a boshe. So we'll see. And money is 25 times a selah. Okay, it's machlokas, and we'll see the machlokas, Um the source of how much you pay for that. Staro. Now we're talking about stira, a slap on the cheek. That's a bigger right, de- derogatory or degradation to do that to somebody, and you pay 200 Zuz. acharyado, the dreaded back-of-the-hand slap, even more humiliating, a arba me'az We'll see in our Mishnah, this 400 Zuz looks like the max you would pay for this boshes, but as we'll see, it ends up being very subjective. Tsarim ozno, you pull his ear, or talish besara, you yank his hair, Rakok Vigia baroko, you spit in his direction, and sure enough, your land's on the target, right on him, or hevir talisa mimen, removing his clothing, right in public, right obviously, leaving him standing in the street, right. Then, or hey, parav rosha isha, when it comes to women, not just right leaving somebody naked in the street, but Pararosha rosha isha, again bashuk, right. You're doing these things in Seven Mile Market. No and lo, arba zuz. So for those things, you're going to have to pay four hundred zuz. We turn to Tzadikum and Beis. And the Mishra continues. There ha klal, right? This is a general rule. Ha vodo. Everything is going to depend on. It's going to be subjective. Okay, so subjective, uh, basically, is referring to Rashi. But gemar kula or chumra, right? What do you mean? Yeah. So subjective. Maybe it's a kula. Maybe it's a chumra. It really basically means subjective depends on who does it, who it's done to. However, Rabbi Kiva, I'm a Rabbi Kiva. We already quoted this Mishnah earlier in the Gemara. This is the locus classicus. This is the source that Rabbi Kiva will say that even those poor people in Israel, we see them as if they are bnei chorin, which we are, and even if currently they're poor, they just came down from their wealth. What does that mean? It means that you cannot judge right and say that this person is a low life this person has no self respect and therefore i do not have to compensate them if i disrespect them further that you cannot say because every jew as an inborn amount of self-respect. Go what's muslim moment, right? That every Jew has an inborn self-respect. You should respect yourself, because after all, Shehem Bide, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, right? So this has a halachic, right? This is a beautiful idea. We're the children of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and therefore we are aristocrats, bury. But it even has a halachic, uh, implication, which is that when it comes to boches, you're going to pay, even if you think the person already has no self-respect. The Mishnah will give us a story to that effect as follows: A guy um, took right a woman's tickles off in Seven Mile Market. That's just a crazy thing to do, right? Now that, that that's a very embarrassing. Uh, can you imagine a very embarrassing thing to do for that woman? So she goes in front of the Rabbi Rabbi Kiva. So, as the Mishnah said, as the Halacha says, she said, he said, right, Yankel Pippik has to give her, right, the guy who did it, has to give her 400 Zuz. Amar Lo. So the guy who took the tichel off and, and said of the woman, said to Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi, ten lizman. He said, give me a little time and I'm going to show you that she actually does not deserve this 400 Zuz. So Rabbi Kiva is an open-minded person. not lozman. Gave him some time. What did he do? He tried to frame her. Watch this. He laid in ambush waiting at the entrance of the courtyard, which was a, a public area, right, in front of her right house. Okay, but still an area where you could see where people are walking around. What he did was, this was the plan. He broke a jug in front of her. It had a little bit of, and it was not a lot, it had a little bit of oil in it. Gilsas Rosha. What did she do? She had, as fate would have it, um, she had a dry hair with a dry T-zone. Oil was actually very helpful to her. And so what she was able to do, is she saw this readily available oil, she was able to smear it into her hair, and that was actually very therapeutic for her hair. So it wasn't a lot of oil. She could have gone to Seven Mile and brought the oil, but she was so dismissive of the head covering uh, uh, practice that it didn't matter to her that she was in the courtyard and still in full view of the people in the street. She was readily willing to remove her tichel, smear the oil in her, in her hair, okay? Now, of course, this, this guy, this special kind of guy, was waiting, so what she do? Gil says, Rosha again, she uncovered her hair, she took the oil and started, not mitpachat, mitapachat. She started p- patting the oil into her hair, she, which was good for her hair. But again, her hair at this point was exposed. So she self exposed her hair with no concern for her hair being exposed. Ah. So this guy, hemiralea edim. Sure enough, right? This was part of the framing, right? He came with edim. So he had edim with him set up witnesses against her. Uval Rabbi Kiva. Now he has witnesses who ta- saw her cover, uncover her own hair right in the street, and they fe- went before Rabbi Kiva and Amalo. and now the guy who had uncovered her hair said to Rabbi Akiva, you see? For this woman who cares not at all about her hair being exposed, that she uncovers her own hair, and what? For, for, that's that she's not embarrassed at all she doesn't care about covering her hair so why just because I was the one that uncovered her hair i should pay her for it she's obviously doesn't have any boshes at all she has no shame um alora dismissed this and he said Marta klum amazing right we were, we were we were hoping we were rooting against this guy obviously right but bikiva said you still have to pay her for it why because a Be'Atzmo. There is a tiny bit of controversy about whether this is related. To me, it's clear that it's related. This, this halacha, uh, that little controversy is in fact brought about by the great Ari Leibowitz, the great Tafyomi master. Yes, I, uh, he, he helped us a lot this morning. Ha'chovah b'as ma'afu or arashai, that as follows, a person who, brings, who wounds himself, right, even though he's not allowed to do so, right? you're not allowed to wound yourself. Self-mutilation is asr, you are pater. You are pater potter from payment, because who are you going to pay, right? However, but if other people um, write a chovel on him, right, then in fact, then you're going to be, they're going to be chayev, that's pasha. But, but the chiddush is that your potter, right, I, the question is, who would you pay? So there are, there are cases where you pay, you would have to pay like money to the shul or money to the bezdin. As follows, says the mission of to If a person cuts down his own saplings, in Chayavin. That even though, right, he's not allowed to do so, he's going to be Potter. But other people are Chayv. Chayv what? Watch Watch Rashi the first skinny line. Kesef Right, you have to pay a certain amount Shte Kesef. So in theory, maybe you'd be able to have to pay that, that amount to somebody. But the bottom line is that you are right. That you are not. That you are not allowed to do it. But you would. In fact, be Potter, if you self-mutilated, even though you're not allowed to do it. Well, why, how is that related? So I think it's it's clear that it's related as follows, that that's what happened with this person. The woman, right, she did a self-boshas. She embarrassed herself, right? She is entitled to embarrass herself. She shouldn't do it. Nobody should embarrass herself. You shouldn't make a fool out of yourself and embarrass yourself. Right, if you apply, see what I'm doing, Barry? I'm applying this end of the Mishnah with regards to actual Nezek. The end of the Mishnah is talking about a sapling which you're not allowed to cut down, or it's talking about net actual Nezek, somebody else. And it's talking about actual self mutilation, right? And it's saying, if, but, but it's like a non sequitur. What's this end of this Mishnah doing, right, with uh, having to do with a Mishnah about Boshes? So the answer is, see what I'm saying? It's about actual Nezek. What does that have to do with Boshes? So the answer is, Just like when it comes to Nezik, we're drawing an analogy. When it comes to Nezik, you're not allowed to self-mutilate, but nobody's going to make you pay. Similarly, when it comes to, this is a Geronimo Spencer moment, when it comes to embarrassing, you're not allowed to embarrass yourself, but we're not going to make you pay yourself boshes. It's your prerogative, so to speak, in a sense, even though it's not really because you're not allowed to. But certainly, if somebody else thinks that you have no self-respect, they do not have the right to embarrass you. And because as Rabbi Akiva himself would say, because Rabbi Akiva is the Manda Amr and the Mishnah, who says, every Jew has an inborn self-respect. So even though they don't act in a self-respectful manner, uh, uh, that's not our place to judge that they're not worthy of self-respect and that we're going to treat them like that, right? So you have to treat, like like every other Jew, like they're a prince amongst, um, like they're princely people, which we are, right? And with that, innate amount of self-respect. It's like a beautiful idea. And again, some people even if they embarrass themselves, that kind of person does exist, but does not give us the right to assume that the level of respect that they've set for themselves in public is the level of respect that we give them. We have to give everybody the utmost amount of respect. Uh, I have no doubt that everybody's is, is got a lot out of this and is speaking this out, even as we speak. Okay. the Gemara. How much is this money, right? Uh, uh, the, now we're going to talk about denominations. Right? We've talked about denominations before. How much is this amount of money that you're paying for the bushes? Money Tsuri znanu, money medina znanu. As we've mentioned many times, the original OG uh, money was eight times more silver than the provincial money of its day, which had like one eighth silver and, and, and the rest seven parts copper. Okay, so which one when it says money, which one is referring to? Tashma, the who there's Talk a little also look at the Uh One time, this person who did the aforementioned um right, blowing in the ear or whatever it is um that the mishnah mentions, where you owe a money, and thing went to Bezna to rebuydanasi, and Amarle rebuydanasi said, "Ana ha ana ha, Rabbi Yossi Aglieli have Here I am. Here's Rabbi Yossi Aglieli. Give him a manatsuri. So the. What, what did we learn from there? Shmami Na, Manitsuri Tanan, Shmami Na. So we learn from there that the denomination is a Manatsuri, the old Manatsuri, the eight times silver Manatsuri. That is the first thing we learn. The rest of the daf discusses a totally unrelated topic to that, which is, uh, what did he say? Aglili, right? When Rabbi he referred to himself and Uh Wait a minute. Uh, why did he say I'm here and also Rabyos is here? Is this some sort of bezdin? Is this some sort of testimony? It says the Gemara, My ha Ha the Maybe you say it like this. Rabbi Huddhash is saying to him, I saw you strike the man, And it's Rabyosi who says that the um, denomination should be a manatsuri, therefore Zil Havle Manatsuri. Give him that Manatsuri. Well, that can't be what he said. Why? Lamaima de Eight uh, do you, <laughs> what's going on here well, if Rebuerussi was the te- was the witness who testified who saw this and now he's going to become the judge on the case, then this very statement would mean that what Nasi is doing is making a act, taking a position on one of the more complex and uh controversial concepts in Dayanus, which is can a judge be a witness <laughs> right or as it were a witness become a judge right can you can in other words, a person witnesses, a judge is walking in the street during his lunch hour and witnesses a murder. Can he then go back into the court and serve as a judge on that case with himself as a person who testifies? You would say, Like, in other words, he saw the murder, right? Isn't that the best evidence that you could ever imagine? But that's not how Bezdin works. We're going to, we're, we're in Ezekiel, so we're going to learn Sanhedrin and Makos. You would think that that's the best thing, but it's not, right? Because now he is, no, now he has to recuse himself, right? So let's see, are you going to say that when he said that I saw this and now I'm going to judge on this, does he mean that despite the fact that he testified that he can now also be the judge on the case? After all, the Bryce explicitly says that if you have a judge on his lunch break sees somebody else killing somebody, Nasu him, right? The whole Sanhedrin was out playing ball in the yard during their break and they see right, a murder take place. So half of them are going to be made witnesses. Rabbi Tarfan says, okay, so half of them could become the Aedim, the other half will be witnesses, let's judge the case. I'm sorry, witnesses, and half judges, let's judge the case. That's Rabbi Tarifon. No, they all were witnesses, and guess what? They all have to recuse themselves. In other words, can a sitting judge adjudicate a case that he himself witnessed? Wow. Says the Gemara, that's not necessarily... That was the machlokus in that case. Al-adkan Rabbi Tarfon was saying that in that case, yes, half of the um, Sanhedrin that witnessed the case can indeed become judges. The fact that they witnessed the crime does not necessarily disqualify them for trying the case. But even there, Rabbi Tarfon is saying that what? That half of them should be aedim and half of them should be dayanim but he's never saying that the people who are the adim can be the very dayanim so nobody would say what rabbi yehuda Nasi sounds like he's saying that even though I'm the witness I'm now going to turn around and sit down and be the dayan that would never say that and therefore rabbi osagly even according to rabbi tarfon would not have said that so kitanya he's so the grammar answer is no what was the price of teaching about gochorobayla they saw the incident at night. The law This is a very complicated idea, actually. Rashi says a thing that some of the other rishonim don't agree with. Basically, if he, they saw it at night, right when they were incapable of trying a case, then it never became really aid them. as Rashi says. And the next day, it's not an exact case of aid nasadayan, and maybe that's what it's, that maybe in that case the aid can be a dayan because it's really testifying on something that is no longer, right? Something that they, uh, because at the time that they witnessed it, they weren't able to be a Dayan, that's a very interesting thing how that would work. The other alternative says the Gemara of Yibayi hachi kamer le. The would say, ha'anah I'm, I hold like biyoseh and he said that it, indeed the denomination is a Tyrian man, but it has nothing to do with the aid and the dayan because there's a fresh set of witnesses totally uh, separate. These witnesses who testify, zil havle manatsuri, given manatsuri. In other words, Yudha Nasi was neither; it was not the aid at all. He was a dayan. There were true aid him there. And he was just saying uh, his opinion about once they say that this act actually happened, right, then the actual denomination you have to pay with is a manatsuri. Uh, so, the truth of the matter is, tomorrow is a good time to start. Vesavar, we say, we ask the question Vesavar, we keep it. The Ain Aid, not Sadayan. Tomorrow, we're going to get into the actual question of does an Aid become a Dian? This is right above the, f- the uh, fatter lines on Saudi government Bay's.